Welcome back. You survived exam number one. I'm glad that you are still with us. So the second half of this term is where we will focus on those three pillars of the criminal justice system. Remember, that's the police, courts, and corrections. So first up is the police. This week is jam-packed with material, so I'm going to break it down into two weeks. For this week, I'll go over the history, especially those Pelian principles that you need to know, and connect those over kind of to the more contemporary data and research about these issues. All right, so in order to best understand the current issues facing policing um, and why society is so mad about race-based disparities in our current context, it's important to first understand where policing comes from. While most textbooks explain policing in America as stemming from English policing, you actually need to dig a little bit further back to get the whole picture. Um, and so in the U.S., it stems from slave patrols beginning in 1704 in southern slaveholding states where white slave patrollers assisted white wealthy slave owners in recovering and punishing slaves who were considered property. So that's the reality of where policing essentially comes from. But we did also start looking to our European counterparts when we started creating fully organized and more professional level policing. And while our initial establishments of policing practices were much more aligned with community level cooperation to watch out for each other, so kind of see the pledge systems, teethings, hue and cry in hundreds, but as urbanization took hold and people no longer knew their neighbors, and then crime grew as a result, even more robust third-party policing systems were born in order to step in to address problems between members of society. And our first modern police systems were modeled from the British. Again, we may have left because we wanted to remove ourselves from their rule, but we still tend to use what we know. And so specifically here, we look to Sir Robert Peel's Metropolitan Police, which was the first organized police force um, and had nearly a thousand men. And so Sir Robert Peel is an important figure in policing as he's credited with being the father of modern policing. And so why was he so influential? What did he have to say? And this is where Peel's nine principles of policing come in and why you need to assess them to see whether truly modern day police do a good job of upholding these things. So he believed in policing that was supposed to do the following things. One, the basic mission for police is to prevent crime and disorder. And so within this, present day research shows that police do not do a great job with this, as most police work is reactionary. Go on a police ride along after COVID, and the most dominant thing you will do all shift is respond to calls. And that's not being preventative or proactive, it is simply being reactive. The second portion um, of his principles said that the ability of police to perform their ability is dependent on public approval of police actions and behaviors and the ability of police to secure and maintain respect. And current data, again, shows that police are not in good favor with society. While police fare well in comparison to other social institutions, they currently have the lowest public approval rating that they've really ever had. The Pew Research Center and Gallup Poll conduct public opinion polls yearly that tell us about these things. And since the 1990s, policing has never had quite this low of public perceptions, um, as only 48% of Americans feel confident in the police in 2020. While it's generally in a more average time between 55 and 65% that would indicate confidence. And within that, who you ask also matters, as minority groups, namely Black Americans, have extremely low viewpoints of police, as nearly um, 20%, only about 20% have confidence in police, while upwards of 60 to 70% of white Americans do. 
The third principle said that the police must secure willing cooperation of the public in voluntary observation of the law to be able to secure and maintain public respect. And so when people don't believe the police, courts, or corrections are doing a good job or the right job, they don't see it necessary to buy into the system of laws that they're being governed by. And if they don't believe in the laws, then why would they abide by them, right? So it's all about CJ system legitimacy in the eyes of the public. And research shows that police legitimacy and procedural justice greatly impact how police can do their jobs. People have to feel that they're being treated well. The fourth says that the degree of cooperation of the public that can be secured diminishes proportionately to the necessity for the use of physical force and compulsion in achieving police objectives. And so police need the people to willingly cooperate to do their job effectively. And if police do not have that, they have to resort to coercion and compulsion, which can then lead to chaos. And the more force that police use, the more society resists them. So think to our current issues today. And then with five, they said, or he said, the police seek um, and preserve public favor, not by catering to public opinion, but by being impartial and being ready to serve, being friendly and protecting and serving regardless of race or social standing of those that they are serving. And this is a hotbed of issues here, clearly as police practices have a disparate effect on people of color and on poor people. Stops, arrests, and even uses of force are all found to be applied more frequently on people of color. Black men in particular face higher rates of stops being arrested and having both less than lethal and deadly force used against them by police. This is again why society is mad. Black men are highly disproportionately stopped with stop and frisk based policies across the country. They faced higher arrest rates than even white counterparts for similar crimes. A good example here is drugs. Races use drugs at almost exactly the same rates, with a small uptick actually for white men, but again, relatively the same. Yet 38% of drug arrests are black, while this group only represents 13% of our national population. So it shows us that there is a clear disparity. And when it comes to deadly force, black men are nearly two times as likely to have this type of force used against them and have even higher disparities for less than lethal forces such as tasers, batons, dog bites, etc. The sixth principle said the police should only use physical force and only the minimum degree necessary to the extent necessary to secure observation of the law or to restore order only when talking essentially is inefficient. So within policing, communication is the number one skill set that officers need, yet our hiring processes do not necessarily highlight this. And this is none clearer than our issues with hiring for females in this field. Females fall out at extremely high rates in the hiring process due to physical agility exams that are not reflective of true police work, yet females are good communicators. And this is evident by the fact that research shows that female officers are associated with using less force, having less citizen complaints, and even even male officers paired with female officers do a better job with these things. Yet females in policing still only represent about 12 to 13 percent of that population, and it could be because it's extremely hard for them to even get through that hiring process. And then seven, the police should at all times maintain a good relationship with the public because they are the public. So there's a quote, the police are the public and the public are the police. And so police have to remember that they serve the public. They're simply the people from the public that we pay and give a gun and a badge to in order to protect us all. And that's where good community policing really should come in. But even though almost all of the 18,000 agencies in this country say that they do this, they really don't. 
because community policing is proactive and it's a proactive practice where police engage with their communities in a meaningful way to build bridges and to figure out how to best address societal problems by asking the source about them, the public. But they don't really do this all that much. Again, they respond to calls for service. So go back to that fact that most policing is actually reactionary. So it's really no wonder that community-oriented policing is actually not found to be effective through the research, at least in reducing crime, because they're not really doing it. Kind of a big surprise on that. And then eight, the police should always direct their actions towards their function, which is to essentially police, not to serve as the judiciary or punishment functions of our system. So police, again, are there to do the job of policing. This means that they protect and serve, um, investigate crime, apprehend criminals, and arrest them. They're not there to make decisions about whether or not someone is guilty or to punish them for their behaviors. We leave that for the court and for corrections, and so police have to remember this. And then lastly, the test of police efficiency is the absence of crime and disorder, not the visible evidence of police. And so what this means is that we should judge police not based on seeing them in our communities arresting people. Really, that means that there is crime and there are problems. But by the crime rates going down and by the lack of things for them to actually do. And remember from the first half of the term, the research supports that the number of police has some relationship to the decline in crime in this country, but that police practices, i.e. how they do their job, really doesn't. So think to society. Do we have crime? What kind of crime do we have? And then how does that relate or what does it mean um, about police efficiency? So there's your overview of both Peel's principles and kind of how they measure up to our day and age now. So next week, we'll continue on with some policing content. So I will talk to you then.